You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I know a little surprise. I know you guys are used to hearing uh, Dave Rothenberg at this hour. Um, hope to not disappoint. I'm a big fan of Dave Rothenberg's. We know what a great show he does on Saturday mornings. So, um, so little musical chairs here with our programming. Uh, Anita Marks with you from my home studio. We've got Ty and Michael who are producing the show back in New York City. We've got a lot to get to today. And I'm pretty excited about our, our opening topic. I'm going to share that with you in a second. As always, I like to kind of break down the show for you. What's, going, what, what's coming your way in the next three hours? David Lennon from Newsday is going to join us. We'll talk some Yankees, some Major League Baseball. They lose to the Rays. They get their butts handed to them by the Rays. Let's be honest. Eight to two. They've dropped five of eight. Three-game losing streak, and Booney is pretty upset. So we'll talk to David about that. What is in store for the Yankees moving forward? How can they turn the ship around? Um, also, a lot of NFL talk. Over-under win totals came out this week. If you know anything about me, big into gambling, part of the Daily Wager platform, the gambling plat- platform at ESPN. So we'll dive into some of the over-unders that I really like. I've already got money down on. Maybe you'll agree. Maybe you'll disagree with me. We'll We'll jump into... Uh, the over-under totals for both the Jets and the Giants. Cynthia Freeland is going to join us on the show. Uh, We'll hear from her at 11 a.m. Her and I have the discussion in regard to over-unders. We are just two weeks away from the NFL draft. Again, if you know anything about me, I'm a draft junkie. I'm a draft nut. I host my own draft show on my my own uh, digital platform called Breaking Down the Board with a former NFL scout, Steve Verderosa, who was with the Giants for 33 years. And uh, our, our last show we did last night because uh, we've 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 touched on every position, and so last night we kind of went back and and talked about some of the players that are moving up and down on the board uh, in in regard to position, and um, and then next Friday we're going to do a mock draft, and that show airs at seven o'clock on my social media platform. So I'm really deep into this draft. So and there's some draft prop bets out there and some draft storylines as well. So we'll get into those. Um, I know that typically Dave does a, a, a stump Rothenberg. Uh, I am nowhere as uh, uh, Jeopardy intelligent as Dave. So whenever I fill in for Dave, I always do a, a segment called Question Marks. See what we did there? Yeah. And really, the difference is I'll be lucky if I get one of your questions answered correctly. So usually I use a lifeline, and the lifeline is always Mama Mimi. My mom joins us. And not that my mom... Oh, well, actually, Ty, you've 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 hosted a few of the shows where we've used Mama Mimi for question marks, and and she's 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 gotten one or two right, I think, right? I think. Yeah, a couple. Right, right. <laughs> I know, I know, it's it, I know it's got a different feel because Dave is just unbelievably. I don't know where he stored. Here's the thing, Ty. Have you ever asked Dave? Like, has he ever auditioned for Jeopardy? Has he ever tried to have he has he ever reached out to try to see if he could get on as a contestant? No, I I don't know that he's tried to do that, but we did talk last week about his aspiration of hosting Jeopardy one day because oh, he thinks really? he he, <laughs> he would excel in that role. And I I would agree. Dave his, his knowledge is second to none. Like it is an overwhelming wealth of knowledge that this guy brings to the table. And I'm uh, not it, just it's... saying that because I love him. That that dude is super highly intelligent. I mean, really, I think, and, and have you, have you just, does he have a photographic memory? Like there, there, like there's something there because it's like, he's got, he's got like uh cue cards yeah. in his head that he so just, he's able to, um, 
come across information and immediately store it in his brain. Now, here's the thing. He's not really good at much, so he has to be good at something, and this is it's something that he happens to be great at. But, yeah, see, he can store information right away. You, you tell him something, and he remembers it for the rest of his life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable, I have to say. Uh, me, not so much. Uh, I don't have long-term memory. I've got really good short-term memory. Um, and I'm a visual person. So if I see somebody's face, I'll remember that face for the rest of my life. I'm more visual. But regardless, question marks coming your way in place of Stump Rothenberg at 1030. Cynthia Freeland at 11. Of course, we always do a click or don't click. We find out what's trending. But, uh, but let's start first and foremost. Like I said, I, I, I want to dive into some Knicks talk. Okay? And hear me out here because I'm going to throw out the show question and I'm sure, and, and Ty and I discussed it this morning. Ty, I'm sure there's going to be some listeners out there going, what, the, this broad, what is she talking about? But hear me out, because we have Moke Hamilton on this show quite frequently. He, like, he's my NBA guy. In fact, I was, I was on last night. Weekend Wager was on from 8 to 9. I had Moke on. We broke down, which, by the way, we broke down the Knicks game. If you, if you got our picks last night from 8 to 9, winner, winner, chicken dinner, enjoy that money. We had Julius Randle over points. Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett over three-pointers. We had, we had R.J. Barrett over, over points. I, I mean, and we had the Knicks plus six and a half. We had the Knicks on the money line. You banked if you tuned in to Week and Wager last night. That's for sure. But whenever Moke is on and we're talking about the Knicks and we're talking about their postseason aspirations and, and, and of course, you know, advancing, he always mentions that lottery pick. Always, without fail. I don't even cue him up on it. And he did it last night. You know, he always mentions, but keep in mind, if the Knicks finish 7 through 10, granted, it's a play-in game, but not only do they make it to the postseason, but they also also continue to get that, that lottery pick. If they finish anything better than 7, they don't get that lottery pick. So what this question is for Knicks fans is, do you want your cake and you want to eat it too? Because here's, as we know, the Knicks, they beat, I mean, a really impressive game last night against the Mavs, right? 117 to 109. Julius Randle, 44 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, three assists away from a triple-double. Um, he hit six of 11 threes. He's shooting 41% from downtown. R.J. Barrett is knocking him down from deep as well. He had 24 points. Derrick Rose contributed with 15. Reggie Bullock Pretty much, you want to say you shut down Luca. Luca still got 22, but dude is averaging like 30, 35, 40 a night to hold him to 22 points. Granted, he had 19 assists, but defense was there. Coming off of a really impressive game um, against against the Pelicans. I mean, listen, this Knicks team has been balling out. They've won five straight. Also came across a really interesting stat. <laughs> 400, I mean, 545 games in between the Knicks having a five-game win streak. How, how many se- What is that? How many seasons is that? I can't do the math off the top of my head. Was that four, three, four seasons be- in- that the Knicks have had a five-game win streak? Their next game is against the Pelicans on Sunday at 1 o'clock. And here's another one for you. They enter a six-game homestand. Nine of their last 11 games before the postseason are at home. Here are their six games away. Houston, Cellar Dwellers. That's a win, Okay. Dallas, it's evident. Julius Randle came out last night and said, I love playing in my hometown of Dallas. I love playing in front of my friends and my family. I get a little little bump. I get a little uptick in injury in, in, in energy there. So if the Knicks can play anywhere close to what we saw them play last night, that potentially could be a win. Now, their last four games are pretty difficult. Denver at Denver, at Phoenix, at uh, the Clippers, and at the Lakers. 
in that last game against the Lakers, chances are hopefully LeBron James and AD are back for them. You never know. So, um, but here, here's, here's my show question. Right now, the Knicks are sitting at, at six. And they're tied with 30 wins. They're 30 and 27. They're tied with Atlanta and Boston. There's a chance if they continue to win, Atlanta and Boston lose. I mean, that six can become a five. That six can become a four. Now, who's trailing them? The Heat, the Hornets, the Pacers, and the Raptors. Okay, those are the, those are the, those are the teams that are trailing them seven through ten. And, of course, as we know, the play-in, how does it work, right? The play-in um, home team advantage, by the way, is 55%. So let's just say the Knicks end up as the seventh seed. They just would just have to win one game in the play-in, and they're in. They would have the home court advantage. Again, this Brainiacs up in Bristol, the FPI advantage is 55%. Obviously, you know, you, the 9 and the 10, as we know, they have to win two games. They have to beat whoever wins, advances, and plays the loser of, of 7 and 8. But again, having their cake and eating it too. You know, I, I just, when, when, you're, when, you look at, when you look at what the seeding is, it'd be one thing if you really felt, and maybe there's some folks out there, 800, and I'm going to open up the phone lines because you know where I'm going with this, right? Um. I'm pulling up the standings right now. Um, so, I, I mean, do you honestly feel that the Knicks can beat the 76ers in 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 a, a, a series? I don't. They've won four straight. They balled out. Again, Embiid, making money for this chick, that's for sure. Dude's balling out. Um, the Nets, the Bucks. I just, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Now, so I, so my show question, by the way, is as a Knicks fan, do you want to continue to see the Knicks do well? You want to continue to see the Knicks win? Do you want to you want to see them come in as as a four or a fifth or right now again they're the sixth seed? They miss out on the lottery pick. They don't get a lottery pick if they finish six or above. Or would you like them to coast? Wink, wink. Not, you know, not. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for that we hate to say, Ty? Uh, not tank, okay? But coast. I don't know. Maybe there's a few games you don't play, R.J. Barrett. I don't know. Where now the Knicks get in as maybe a 7 or 8, confident that they're going to win that play-in game and as well end up with a lottery pick. And I, Again, I, I know that some of you out there are going, is this broad crazy? Here's what you're risking. And I talk about this a lot when it comes to the NFL and that is that's organizational culture. That's locker room culture. Big reason why Tim Thibodeau was, was brought in here is to, to change the, 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 the makeup, the personality, the identity, the feel, the vibe of this team, no longer being losers. In fact, Tibbs came out and, and spoke to the media yesterday after the game. And he, you know, he's not a man of many smiles, but had a little smile on his face last night. Um, and, you know, said, listen, we've got to take care of the little things I'm not, you know, it's it's the little things along the way. I'm thrilled that we're 30 and, and 27. I'm, you know, where we're at, he seems really, really proud of this team. And it's it's not just being 30 and 27. It's not just sitting with the sixth seed. It's building a culture here. It's building a, it's building a winning mentality that we know that the Knicks haven't had in a long time. Heck, 545 games in between a five-game winning streak. That's just ridiculously bad 
So are you, are you risking that? Yes, you are. Now, I'm not saying that, I'm not asking this question for the organization because I know what the organization would say. Nita, you're crazy. No, we got to continue to win. I mean, we're building something here. But the key word there is you're still building and you still want that lottery pick. Is it crazy? And if you think I'm crazy, that's fine. Call in. Tell me I'm a crazy broad. It's fine. I just, I was just thinking about this this morning when I was prepping for the show. Again, every time I have Moke Hamilton on, he's always mentioning that 7-10 to 10 seed and the Knicks getting into the postseason but still getting that lottery pick. What side are you on? Are you, are you the Knicks fan who says, no, Anita, the lottery pick doesn't matter as much. Of course, the lottery pick matters. It doesn't matter as much. What we're building here is more important. Winning games is more important. I don't care if we come in through four through six. That's what's more important. Or are you the Knicks fan who's like, I love what's going on here. I love it. I love what Tibbs has done. I love, you know, Julius Randle, most improved player. I love what he's done. But damn, I don't want to miss out on that lottery pick because we're still building. What side are you on? You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Again, show question. You know, would you rather see the Knicks? Or are you more favored? Are you more favoring the Knicks to finish four through six? They miss out on that lottery pick. Or would you rather see them kind of coast, maybe finishing seven or eighth, where all they have to do is win one game to get into the postseason and yet still get their lottery pick? I'm calling it having their cake and eating it too. Uh, let's go to Emmanuel in Flushing. Emmanuel, welcome in. Good morning, Anita. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Um, listen, uh, I, I would say the Knicks, I think the Knicks should be focused on trying to make the playoffs a play I mean, nobody really expects this team to go to make the playoffs early this season because I remember ESPN projecting to win 22 games. I think they're going to be where are you now? They won 30 games, eight games better than people expected to win. I mean, Julius Randle's playing like an all-star. Tom Thibodeau is, 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 is a, it should be mentioned as close to the year candidate. R.J. Barrett is, 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 is improving and going up in our eyes. And, you know, this is kind of a mercy of, of the Nets two years ago because nobody like the big they didn't expect to make the playoffs, but they did. D'Angelo Russell was an all-star. You know, Jared Allen, Harrison Ford. Emmanuel, I, I know all this, but my, my question, I'm just curious. I, mm-hmm. are, are, you, are you good with them continuing to win? Are you worried at all or concerned that they're going to miss out on that lottery pick? Would you rather them have their cake and eat it too? Or you just you want this winning culture to continue? What side are you on, Emmanuel? The winning culture. Because you never know if that, if that draft pick is going to be good or not. I mean, I'm having, uh, listen, I, I understand what you say, but... I'd rather win than to like wait for the draft because I I don't know if the next if this, this coming draft pick is good or not. That's, that's well, I, Emmanuel, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Um, I, I want to believe in in this new regime regime and and that they're going to make better selections than those in the past. Let's go to Jock in Rockland. Jock, you're up. Uh, good morning, Anita. Thanks for taking my call. Um, me personally, um, it would be it would be great. You know, if we have to fall into that position from seven to you know um what is it, seven to ten right and um, yeah but you really you really want seven and you really want you really want seven and eight shock because then you only have to win one game to get in 
right? And you still get the lemon yeah. and you want to believe, right? And you want it really to be seven because then you get a 55% chance. Like that's what, you know, the, the probability is in regard to, to those who win the win, the, the, the one win in game. And you still get the lottery. Of course. Pick. Right. Of course. Hey, that, that, listen, that would be awesome. The, um, the, but, but me personally, you know, being a Knicks fan forever and, you know, going through this drought of losing so many, you know, games and, you know, no playoffs and everything like that, I don't think we can afford to even um, risk that. Um, just like the previous caller said, um, th- these things could affect, you know, um, Julius Randle's um, um, most improved player and Tom Thibodeau's player of the year. Uh, I mean, coach of the year. These things factor. And um, think about it, too, Anita. Um, if we get, you know, from, you know, seven or eight or ten or whatever the case is, and, you know, we're going to have to play, you know, uh, uh, a real good team in the first round, and it, it'll diminish our chances of advancing um, more more so. But you never know what, what can happen in the playoffs. So I'm more on the side of, you know, just, just win, baby. Just win, baby. You know <laughs> Jock, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Greg. Piscataway. Never pronounced that properly. Greg, welcome in. Hey, good morning, Anita. How are you? Happy Saturday. Good morning. Anita, I want no part of tanking, coasting, cooling, none of that. <laughs> this this is about culture. The Knicks have set a culture, and I think that the effects of them finishing as high as they can, and maybe the five season, if, if it organically happens to finish as the 70 AC, I'm cool with it, but you can't go in that locker room and tell those guys, hey, I'm not playing R.J. Barrett tonight. The, the culture that we have, we don't have the culture of rest stage or anything like that. We play hard, and that's our persona. And I think that it's worked. The new regime has come in, and I think that the Knicks are in a prime spot to attack that third piece. I think we have R.J. I think we have Julius. And I think that the Knicks are going to be a legitimate contender within the next two years. All right, that's fair, Greg. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Listen, I, I, I'm just I want to I want to test the temperature. I want to I want to tap my my toe in the water and get the temperature in regard to to what side Knicks fans. Because again, I will repeat: whenever Moke is on, he always mentions that seven through ten seed still being able to get into the playoffs, but still having that lottery pick. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Knicks lead it by eight. A minute 48 remaining. Julius Randle, one-on-one with Gleba. Randle into the paint. Spins. Fadeaway jumper is good. Orange and blue Julius. He has been big tonight. (laughs) Orange and blue Julius. He has been amazing. Uh, Again, 44 points that he loves playing in his hometown in front of friends and family. Ten rebounds, seven assists, three assists away from a triple-double. I did put money down on a double-double for him. I put over in points, over in rebounds, and over in threes. He was 6 of 11 from downtown, shooting 41%. Uh, Good golly. All right, Jets Nation, get back to live football at MetLife Stadium this season. In case you missed it, the Jets are hosting an additional regular season home game in 2021. I love it. I know I know players don't, but I love it. And when you buy season tickets, you'll secure the extra game for no added cost. You'll also get exclusive season ticket holder benefits, um, including free food, beverages, and merchandise credit to use on game days. So this is what you need to do to lock in your seats today. Go to nyjets.com or you can call 1-800-469-JETS. One, hold on, 
I just lost it. <laughs> Go to the website. It's always easier on the website. Okay. 800-919-3776, the phone number. We also have folks who are uh, responding to our, our, our initial show question. And that is, if you're just tuning in now, opened up the show with the fact that the Knicks now are the sixth seed. Um, their schedule, they've got nine of nine, uh, their last 11 games, nine of, nine of them, nine of their next 11 games are at home. They're in a six-game homestand. Uh, their last six games, uh, two, of the, two of the six uh, are, are winnable. Their last four, pretty difficult. Point being, there's a chance that they could finish anywhere between four to six in the postseason. But if they do, they miss out on the lottery pick. So would you rather them kind of coast, possibly finish seventh or eighth, where all they have to do is, is win one game to get into the postseason and still get that lottery pick? So now you get the best of both worlds. Some people like to call it having your cake and eating it too. Or do you just want this this winning mentality and, and this vibe and all the great things that Thibodeau has instilled in this ball club to continue and possibly finish four through six? But again, the big key here is you lose out on that lottery pick. 800-919-3776. Let's bring in Ty, our producer. He's monitoring uh, my Twitter feed, which is at Anita Marks. Ty, what are some of the responses on there? Well, you got a, a, a ton of responses. I would say 99% of the Nick fans are not in favor of just punting. 99%? That's a lot! They are not in favor of just punting on what could potentially be some level of a, a deep playoff run, uh, depending on where the matchups, um, for how the matchups shake up. But we go to at Kelly M0N, win and make it to the postseason, no doubt. Lottery picks are always a crapshoot, and we need to keep building to develop our young talent and attract free agents. So there you have it as far as she's concerned. At Dan underscore New York underscore B says, uh, why do we have to spell it out? Basically, um, he is in favor of the Knicks just going deep into the playoffs. Uh, at Ace292325, Anita, new culture, new regime. We play to win. Knicks, that's a team that cannot worry about a lottery pick. We are headed in a new direction. Okay. So in so in, in ninety you're saying ninety-nine percent of the reaction is that, right? Um at King Psy the one. We just gotta keep winning. That's it. I wanna finish in the top five. That gives us a better shot of winning a playoff series. Okay, do me a favor. Give me the give me the one percent. <laughs> give me the one percent that's saying I I want my cake and and, and eat it too. All right. At LRC ten twenty four says take the lottery pick this year and build up the team to be even better next year because they're not going anywhere in the playoffs. So might as well use the extra year the right way. Uh, at Chris D. Reese says, when there are plenty of good late first-round picks available in the draft this year. At YG Hass says, you play to win the game. At Knicks you Nation, Knicks fans win. are not even thinking about a lottery pick, Anita Marks. Changing the culture and playoff experience is way more important. At Big T Rock 71, winning and losing are habits. Knicks need to create a winning habit again in New York City. Our city. Okay, I get it. I get it. Um, by the way, Paul Dettino, um, who, who does a phenomenal job covering the Giants, is, might not wear this, but is one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Um, I love that man. 
Um, he texted me. He was listening to the show this morning. Hopefully he still is right now and he knows how much I love him. Um, he said, the Knicks lottery is worthless. This season is about coaching and Tibbs and respect. Don't be shocked when they're in the second round of the playoffs. By the way, he's a huge Knicks fan, obviously. Second uh, fei- round, wow. Uh-huh. A feisty playoff showing and renewed respect. Um, and that is the magnet they've been seeking for the past 20 years. Exclamation, 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 exclamation. That's Paul Dettino's text message to me. Um, yeah, most Knicks fans feel that way. You don't care about the lottery right now. You've already ex- exceeded expectations. You, you're you just rooting for your team to win any and every game. There, there's no tanking with this situation, especially because you have the, the first-round pick with the Mavs. So that could potentially be in the lottery if they do miss the playoffs as well. So you just keep winning. You have your young players get that playoff experience. Uh, Tibbs gets this team headed in the quote-unquote right direction. I know that's a, a, a phrase that we always use. That's a cliché. But you you definitely have to prioritize winning. Under no circumstance should any Nick fan on the planet be thinking about uh, draft positioning at all. Let's go to our phone lines, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Ethan in Jersey. Ethan, welcome in. Hey, Anita. How you doing? Good morning. Uh, you know, it- I agree with everything that, that your producer just said, and apparently with 99% of everyone else. Um, you know, the Knicks are, are essentially playing with house money right now. Vegas gave them, I think, like 25 wins on the season. They're already at 30 with, you know, plenty left to go, or not plenty, but a couple left to go. We uh, we definitely need another piece, and the way to add another piece is to show them that you can that your team has something to build on. And if you keep going for lottery picks, you know, with RJ aside and I'm not writing off Obi yet because they never expected Julius to play like this this year, I don't believe. You know, Frank, Kevin Knox, our past couple picks in the lottery haven't really panned out too much. Um, so with that being said, if we make the playoffs and a lot of other ifs, if we end up playing the Nets in the first round, all the pressure is on them. You know, they paid for their entire team. They're expected to be in the finals. Meanwhile, we're here building a culture, raising these young guys, letting Julius lead the way. You know, all the pressure is on them. If we end up beating them, we look like heroes. If we lose to them, you know, it's it's kind of no sweat because they were the ones who bought the, the megastars to, to do what they do anyway. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and again, thank you for your phone call. I just wanted to, I, you know, it was a thought that I came across this morning and I wanted to kind of tap my toe in the water and kind of get an, an idea and a feel. Uh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to continue with your calls, 800-919-3776. Uh, in the break, I want to call up. I want to see what I'm sure, right, Ty, that there's a NBA uh, draft, uh, mock draft in, in regard to, you know, what players are going to go what top 10, whatever the case may be. I just want to, I just want to get an idea of, you know, who, who they're expecting to go like top three. Um, and this is the second time that we've had a caller, or maybe the third time that we had a caller who say, you know, lottery picks, you know, the, the, the Knicks haven't done a good job drafting anyway. That That's kind of, that's bringing in old baggage. It really is. I mean, listen, the Knicks could have gotten, um, uh, Zion, you know, it's, 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 it's unfortunate the way that the the, the cookie crumbled and and the lottery pick didn't go their way, but there was still a percentage. What was it? I think it was 17%, right? Ty, I want to say it was like 17% chance. The Knicks could have gotten that number, that number one pick and, and, or is it, was it 27%? Something like that. 
I, th- I think they had the second or third best odds, right? Or did they have the first best odds? Something like that to get Zion. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Zach Wilson's been hurt twice, guys. He missed four games in 2019 with his wrist. He had shoulder surgery. And if I'm the New York Jets and I'm Joe Douglas, I agree with everything they've done. But the one thing that would keep me up at night is he's had two significant injuries. And Key, you brought this up. You know, they've played a non-Power 5 schedule. So can he go through the rigors? And we got to get used to saying this, guys. A 17-game regular season. Can Zach Wilson answer the bell week in and week out over 17 games? You know, I don't, I don't think enough is being discussed in the fact that he he, he played at BYU, you know, had a, had a had one season wonder in, in essence against subpar comp. Uh, you know, that, that's that got to be a concern. But again, you know, listen, this is what Jets fans want, right? They, they wanted Zach Wilson. Just as I've said, you know, be careful what you wish for. Um, the over-under total for the Jets is at six, like I said. Now Sam Darnold's gone, as we know. Uh, he's been traded to Carolina. Uh, the expectation is that they go out, they draft Zach Wilson, they bring him in, he's going to start. I think the Jets will be lucky to win six games um, with Zach Wilson uh, at quarterback. I think it's going to be a, a hot second for him to to really uh, mature, and in, in, in I think it's going to be somewhat of a project. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Ira in Staten Island. Ira, you're up. Hey, good morning, Anita. How are you? Good morning. So you had the over-under at six, and you and I will debate Zach Wilson for the next two to three years. Um, I understand Mike T's uh, concern, and I would have the concern, too. We'll see if he's uh, going to be able to take the vigorous of the NFL and, and contact. Hopefully he won't be getting hit too much. Hopefully Douglas will put the right pieces around him to protect him. But with the wins, you know, if I want to look at it objectively, um, and, of course, the most thing the important is the progress of uh, the new quarterback. But I think five to six sounds about right. You would think maybe they'll win one division game. And then out of division, you know, you got Philly, you got Houston, Cincinnati, you got Atlanta, Carolina. So I, I think they're going to muster up somewhere between five to six wins. And that's even not even known. There's probably three starters that are not even on the roster yet. Listen, again, I, I think six is, is right about where I think they'll land. Um, I, think, I think seven is, is really stretching it, especially because, Agreed. right, especially because, you know, they're in a division where it's, it's gotten a lot more competitive. Let's be honest, right? Like, um, of, you've, of you've, got, you've got a Dolphins team that, now listen, I, I was never sold on Tua, never was sold on Tua said that they needed to draft Herbert. They didn't listen to me, but that's why I get paid the small bucks. Um, but defensively, they take a step up. They're going to get a really good player uh, where, they, where, they, where they're at right now, uh, possibly a top-five player that's going to fall to them because there's going to be a run on quarterbacks. I love the head coach. So Dolphins are better. Patriots went out, spent a ton of money in free agency. I'm not, I'm not, throw, I'm not blown away by the talent that they brought in, but um, I think it's quite good. Um, a lot better than what they were. I'm still not sold on Cam Newton, but still, I think the Patriots are going to be more competitive. And listen, I love the Bills. I, I think the Bills have a chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. So I think it's going to be a, yeah, a, much, a really competitive division for the Jets. So I, I think we're on the same page here, Ira. This is click, 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 or don't. Click, click, click. 
Missouri simply hears the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? As I said, it's a fun way. We tour around what is trending at 11.35 a.m. on this Saturday afternoon, or I should say really morning. Uh, and Ty, our producer, leads the way as always. Ty, what you got for us? Is it too soon to panic? Mm, I'm clicking that. All right. So my New York Yankees last night lost <laughs> again 8-2 to two to the Tampa, Ra- Tampa Bay Rays, and it feels like they just can't beat this team. They're, they continue to get bullied by the Rays. They lost that division series in the playoffs last year in five after taking a 1-0 series lead. But it, it just feels like they always lose to the Rays. And last night, um, we heard from David Lennon earlier on the show of Newsday, and he said that was essentially rock bottom. Like, this was the moment where the Yankee fan has to look at it and say, like, does it get worse than this? Because you come in with all of these expectations of competing for a World Series, and now you're, what, 5-8? and eight? Last night, they issued seven walks. They had just three hits. They struck out 14 times. They made three errors. That led to three unearned runs. And here was Aaron Boone after the game asked if he understands the frustration emanating from the fan base. I understand we have, you know, as passionate a fan base with um, understandable high expectations and and as does every guy in our room have those same expectations of ourselves, and we expect to play better. We also understand that, you know, like I said, adversity is going to hit us at some point. It's, and it's, it's certainly at our doorstep right now. We we've got to answer it and we got to find out what kind of club we are. Uh, you know, when we're going through a tough time, I came across this stat last night. It's the first time since April 4th of 1998, that the New York Yankees, so we got to go back 23 years, the last time the New York Yankees were in sole possession of the worst record in the American League. Now, that was earlier in the season. We know how that year ended in 98, but the Yankees struggling right now, it got so bad that you had fans at the stadium throwing baseballs onto the field. What a, what a mess, Anita. It, it is, but so so two things, and as you said, we had David Lemon, uh, Lennon on with us earlier today at 9.30. If you missed that interview, I'm sure we'll, we'll post it up on on, uh, on our social media sites as, as, as a, a podcast. I highly it's recommend you go back and listen. Yep, oh, up. great. Fantastic. I'll, I'll retweet it. Um, and, and you know, we, we talked about leadership in that clubhouse, and with CeCe Sabathia not being there, that's a concern. Again, him and I are both in agreement, big reason why they brought, brought Brick Gardner back. But, you know, who's in that? And, and he mentioned Luke Voigt and how Luke Voigt being on, on the, it's not the DL anymore, right? Uh, but him not being in that clubhouse, he even though he's not in it because of COVID-19 and whatnot, it's very difficult to cover teams this, this, this year. But, um, you know, you, you, you need a leader in there that's going to kind of rally everybody and say, all right, listen, there's an ebb and flow to a, a baseball season and, and we're on the downswing right now. We just need to bring it together. And you, you need that leader and you need that voice my question to him was, is there one in that, in that clubhouse? Um, you know, again, like, you know, it's, 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 an, it's early in the season. And this team and the Yankees have all the talent in the world to turn it around. Um, you know, the, the question mark isn't if, but, but when. Like, you know, obviously it's got to happen sooner than, than later, right? Uh, and, Absolutely. And, and, that's what, and that's what I'm looking for. Like, I haven't given up hope. I'm not writing the Yankees off. <laughs> But, you know, I, I want to have faith and believe. And I, I, I like Booney. I, I want to have faith that they're going to turn around. It's just a matter of, like, when. And is, is it that one magical moment that, um, that, that kind of 
uh, adds life, that strikes that match, that, that does it. A lot of times it's that. It's one play in a game. It's a walk-off home run. It's, 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 a, it's a, you know, a loaded bases save that kind of like jumpstarts that feeling and that vibe. And, and, and that's, pretty much, that's what I'm going to be looking for. Yeah, and uh, the, the point you made about leadership is spot on. Like you look for Aaron Judge, DJ LeMahieu, two of your three best players, to, to exert that level of leadership for a team that is woefully um, struggling right now, you know, playing under expectations. If you look at the championship teams of the last few years, they have leaders. You, you go to the Dodgers with Bellinger, Kershaw, and Betts. Uh, the Red Sox ha- had Mookie Betts as well. The Astros had, you know, all the all those guys banging the garbage cans. I, I guess those were their leaders. But the Yankees, you need guys like Judge and, and LeMahieu and Gardner to step up because what's happening right now, like it's inexcusable. You don't run the bases well. They they play defensively like you know like toddlers. They can't hit with runners in scoring position. It's a mess right now. Uh, but they're back in action against the Rays this afternoon. So hopefully they can get it together. All right, Anita. Here's another one. Okay. What did he say? <laughs> I like these headlines. It leaves so much to the imagination. Yes, I'm clicking that. All right. So earlier this week, the Trevor Lawrence household ruffled some feathers. Mm. Here was a quote. It's hard to explain that because I want people to know that I'm passionate about what I do. And it's really important to me. But I don't have this huge chip on my shoulder. That everyone's out to get me, and I'm trying to prove everybody wrong. This was an interview he did with uh, SI's Michael Rosenberg. I just don't have that. I can't manufacture that. I don't want to. And here was the Michael K. Show reacting to Trevor Lawrence's comments. Here would be my concern if I'm investing the first overall pick in the draft. That's the key. All right? Where, where I'm looking at everything. I'm looking, looking at Wonderlick tests. We're, we're going over Wilson, whether he's enough of a leader. There's nothing that can be ignored, Peter. you got to pay attention to everything. And I'm not saying I wouldn't pick him because of this, but this would be my concern. When you're Trevor Lawrence, there, there hasn't been a lot of adversity in your career, right? Because you've always been the best. Now you're going to go and join the NFL, and you're not going to be the best. And you're going to face more adversity in your first couple of years than you probably have ever faced in your life on the football field. And it's not going to be a lot of fun. So when I hear those comments, is that a guy that might fight through an injury? Is that a guy that when he's getting beaten up is and, and not having a good time, is, is, is he going to drive to be better or is it going to discourage him? I mean, it's such a hard position to play, Peter. These are things you don't want to hear when we're asking you to carry a franchise for the next decade and a half. You're right. It might be a nothing burger, but when I'm investing so much capital in making that decision, this is something I have to pay attention to. Yeah. So Keisha, you can hear every Weekday from 2 to 6.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Big deal or no? Our analysis, uh, big deal. An analysis or overreaction? I, I think overreaction. Again, um, I, I've been hosting a draft show on my social media platforms every Friday night at, at 7 o'clock. You could tune in on Anita Marks on, on Twitter with Steve Verderosa, uh, former scout of the Giants for 33 years. And um, and his, his area was he, – he covered Clemson a lot, so – he was on the Clemson campus. Um, he he has met with uh, um, Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's walked around campus. Trevor Lawrence is the most humble, most all shucks guy. Um, everything everything that Steve Verderosa has communicated to me on and off the football field in regard to Trevor Lawrence, he tells me that he is the guy. 
uh, one of the best quarterbacks coming out of college in the last decade. Again, on and off the football field. Listen, Trevor Lawrence didn't have a great offensive line this year. So, you know, it, it's not like it's not like his all his time and all his career at Clemson has been a walk in the park. It really hasn't. I mean, he got pretty beat up this this past season. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't I, 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 I trust the scouts that I that I, I, I speak to, because, again, prior to COVID-19, you know, they've been scouting Trevor Lawrence uh, since before COVID hit and, and they were able to go on campus and, uh, and really talk to his coaches and. You know, this might be a surprise to a lot of people. A lot of times, scouts they'll go on campus and they'll talk to they'll they'll talk to the students on campus and they'll ask the students on campus what they think about Trevor Lawrence. Um, I mean, they, you know, listen, you're, this is a number one overall pick, and you're and and you're selecting him as your quarterback. That means you're going to be locked into him for the next five to six years, and and at that point in time, you know whether you franchise tag him or you know when it's time to re-up now you're talking about 30 million you're going to be possibly playing the paying the dude 30 million dollars a year you need to do your due diligence and and they uncover every rock um so i i think this is much ado about nothing i i think this is an overreaction to possibly a statement that was lost in in translation i mean it's certainly not something you want your court regardless of it's, it's the number one overall pick or the 57th pick if he's your franchise quarterback this isn't exactly you know the type of commentary you want him to have you know entering the nfl draft but as far as it being an overly big deal i don't i don't see that um but again it's not something that you want trevor lawrence saying uh, other quarterbacks mentioned in this draft, Justin Fields and Mac Jones, I found this very interesting. Caesar William Hill, uh, Caesar William Hill has Justin Fields now as the favorite over Mac mm-hmm. Jones to be taking with the number three overall pick. Yeah, I, I, talk, I talked about it before when we were talking about the drafts. I, I still believe it's Mac Jones. That changed when the 49ers attended his second pro day, which again, is, to me, is, is, is really no big deal. We we reported on this show. I, I know a lot of people weren't aware of this. Uh, the Kyle Shanahan and, and the Shanahan family they have a quarterback developing school that Justin Fields has been a part of for three to four years. They've been they've been teaching Justin Fields their principles for three to four years. To me, if you want to change the odds for Justin Fields, it it should be because of that, mm. not because I mean. It, probably nobody knows Justin Fields better than Kyle Shanahan because he's been working with him for three years. So I, I don't like I, I don't I just think too much is put into a pro day. I, I think it's and these are just a bunch of dudes running around in shorts throwing the football. Um, you know, everybody made a big deal in regard to the Zach Wilson throw that he made in his pro day, but we saw Sam Darnold make those throws. You know, I, I just I think too much is put into a pro day, but but those odds change because the 49ers attended the second pro day. Some might want to say that those odds changed as well. When uh, when we all became aware of uh, of Mac Jones's DUI that he got his freshman year at Alabama, um, you know, is is that something that's going to, you know, make the the, the 49ers go with Justin Fields? I, I don't know. I, here's I don't I don't I don't think the forty the 49ers know who they're drafting. They don't give up that many draft picks to move up to three if they don't a know who they're drafting and b know that he's going to be there and 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 keep in mind Salah from the 49ers I'm sure that there is a, an understanding and a communication has been made listen this is who we're taking 
Um, and so therefore them knowing that at three, their guy was going to be there. So wow. I don't think them attending a pro day is going to change anything. And at one point in time, Mac Jones was favored. Listen, I could be, I could be wrong. Uh, I, like, I don't have any insight information. The majority of scouts that I've spoken to feel the same way I do. And, and again, they're, they're even, they're obviously <laughs> better at, at, at uh, scouting and, and the analysis of, of these players you know, they all love Mac Jones and, and what he brings to the table. And the majority of scouts that I've spoken to are telling me it's Mac Jones. But could the 49ers draft Justin Fields? Sure, sure. Then it's really going to be interesting to see what happens with Mac Jones because I know Carolina loves Mac Jones, even though, of course, you know, they traded for Sam Darnold. Um, I think they sit there at eight and they wait for an offensive lineman to fall to them. Or maybe they try to trade up and, and get Penny Sewell. But what 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 do if if Justin Fields goes to the 49ers then what is, what is the, what does the Patriots do because I know the Patriots and Bill Belichick is in love with Mac Jones so what do they do um I you know so here's the thing at the end of the day I think either the 49ers or the Patriots those two teams one gets Mac Jones and the other one gets Justin Fields I think those are the two teams that those two quarterbacks are going to land on the big question is when and where to me that's the big question. Gotcha. So. And we're up against the clock, so I'll just end it with this. 44-10-7. You know what that is, Anita? What is it? That was Julius Randle's stat line last night. 41 minutes it. of action. Five straight wins as the Knicks beat the Mavs. 117-109. The conversation has gone from trading this guy at the deadline, getting a first-round pick, to, yeah, he might be the staple of our organization as we progress toward what we hope is uh, – some extended success and prosperity uh, with the Knicks, getting this team back to relevancy. Uh, but the Knicks win last night. The Nets also won last night, 130 to 115. And both these teams now gearing up for the playoffs, potentially playing each other in the playoffs. But that's all we have. I know we're up against the clock. Great job, as always, Ty. Appreciate you. Uh, the Knicks, they play again on Sunday against the Pelicans. Tip-off is at 1 o'clock. And the Nets are in my Old stomping ground. Miami, they take on the heat at 3.30. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.